0: mental chatter is fake news. Let me repeat that. Mental chatter is fake news. We construct these elaborate scenarios of all of the things that are going to happen. Then we react to the scenarios that we have constructed. And then we feel fear, sometimes overwhelming fear, panic, and so on.
1: Hi, I'm Vishen Lakhiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. So, I trust most of you are stuck at home, just as I am. I just completed my first, mm, let's say, ten days of home quarantine. And to be honest, it's kind of weird. I was thinking that this time was going to suck because I'm not in my office. I love working with my team because I'm such a hands-on type person. And my kids are out of school. But what I realize is somehow there's this beautiful thing about what I've been experiencing. I found creativity has been on a rise. I've been ultra productive. There's something so beautiful about having your kids running around you're at home on your computer. My daughter occasionally, she's six years old, she occasionally bursts into the room as I'm recording a podcast and makes a funny comment. And I'm discovering this whole part of life that I guess I haven't seen in such a long time. And so I don't know about you, but I was just told by the government that the quarantine is going to be extended here in my city for another three weeks. So I got three more weeks of this. But It's not really stressing me out as much as I thought it would. And I hope you're feeling the same way. I hope you're finding the magic in this shift in your life. Now, to help you find the magic, to help you deal with this crazy, abnormal situation that I guess most of us would never have dreamed would be happening in our lifetime, I want to bring on a very special guest. His name is Sri Kumar Rao. He's been a great mentor of mine. I always joke that Sri Kumar Rao is like my Yoda. And the reason is Rao is one of the most in-demand lecturers in America's MBA schools. He has lectured at Columbia, at Kellogg, at London Business School, and there are lines that form to get into his class, which is called Personal Mastery, because he is not teaching raw, common business sense. Rather, Rao has a talent to extract the knowledge, the wisdom from the East, spiritual philosophies and ideas, and teach them to these MBA students. His classes get so popular. Not only is there a line to get in, but students who graduate from his classes actually form their own alumni group. And one of the greatest things I can say about Rao is his wisdom is so profound that he once gave a talk outside TED. It wasn't a TEDx, it wasn't a TED stage, but TED.com loved his talk so much. He became one of only, I believe it was one of only four talks outside TED to be featured on TED.com. Now, I discovered Rao some 10 years ago, actually more than 10 years ago. It was 2003 or 2004. It was before YouTube. Back then, before Google acquired YouTube, Google had its own video player. I think it was called Google Video. It's Google's own video site. And Rao had been invited to speak at Google, and there was a one hour video of him speaking to Google's employee base. I watched that, must have been 2004, 2005 and it blew me away. And I'm so honored that Rao is now one of our teachers at Mind Valley. He's been such a mentor of mine that in my upcoming book, The Buddha and the Badass, I dedicate a chapter to his ideas. What Rao is doing is something truly remarkable. He is helping entrepreneurs like myself bring spirituality into work. As you know, I firmly believe that this whole myth of hustle and hard work is just that. It's a myth, it serves a purpose at one level, but there are capabilities within us that you can amplify to really do amazing work in the world. And Rao has a practice right now where he coaches and he brings together entrepreneurs and mastermind groups to help them master the spiritual abilities within them so that they can go forth and change the world. But more on that later. Right now I want to come to the topic at hand. So without further ado, let's welcome Sri Kumar Rao onto the Mind Valley Podcast. Sri Kumar, welcome.
0: Thank you, Vishen. It's my pleasure to be with you and with the Mind Valley community, especially in these exceedingly turbulent times.
1: So, Rao, I know you've always been there for me during my times of anxieties, my times of stress, and I thought you'd be the perfect guest for this time of mass anxiety, stress, fears, and people going into a frankly unknown situation. I was just opening the papers today; two hundred people lost their lives in the last twenty-four hours in America, and I'm not saying that to cause any fears i'm saying that because that's fucking reality and it's scary especially if you're over 50 and again i opened the papers today and there's been this huge swelling in unemployment claims so we are facing a health issue we are facing a recession i'd love to hand the mic over to you and have you guide us with some of your wisdom during this trying time
0: absolutely vision these are turbulent times and in a very real sense What we're facing now is unprecedented in living memory. Now, I want to share something with you. A lot of the time, when people attend my programs, including my programs at Mind Value, what they take away are important principles that can be summarized neatly. Like, say, for example, good thing, bad thing, who knows, which is probably one of the most important lessons people take away. I have another equally important. Short form by which persons can deal with the situation they're facing now. And there are two levels. So let me talk about that. I have a lot of calls from people who have taken my program, from Mind Valley members, and there is fear in the air. Oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, there is rampant illness, people are dying, the economy is shutting down, I may lose my job, and so on. All of that is mental chatter. And what I would like your members to know is mental chatter is fake news. Let me repeat that. Mental chatter is fake news. We construct these elaborate scenarios of all of the things that are going to happen. Then we react to the scenarios that we have constructed. And then we feel fear, sometimes overwhelming fear, panic, and so on. So there are two levels at which I want to address this. Level number one is for the vast majority of persons, these scenarios that we are playing out and constructing and living in are not going to happen. Even if you do get coronavirus, the odds are overwhelming that you will recover and life will go on. That's level one. But level number two, which cannot be ignored, is that You may be that minority that actually does become seriously ill. You may have elderly relatives or people who get it and they may die. That is not a possibility that can be discounted and I'm not downplaying it at all. That is a possibility. So the level two comes down to the internal chatter that we have in our heads. Oh, I've lost my job with all of these terrible things have happened. I've lost my source of income my life is destroyed. I can never get back. This is a tragedy of the worst possible dimension. For people who are in that space or who are confronted with that, I would like to tell a story. This is a story about a book and a man. The man was a pilgrim, or he called himself a pilgrim, and he lived in Russia in the late 19th century. Nobody knows who the pilgrim was. His diary was discovered in a monastery in Greece in the early 20th century and translated, and it immediately became a spiritual classic read by millions. So the pilgrim, nobody knows who he was, was a peasant who roamed around in Siberia and Ukraine in the late 19th century. And the only thing he had was a torn woolen coat, a copy of the Bible, and the Philokalia. And he was ceaselessly repeating the Jesus prayer. And just by reading his account, you know what a deep sense of spiritual aliveness was in him. He was truly radiantly alive. And all you have to do is read a section of his journal to know how radiantly alive he was. And as I said, he was in Siberia, only had a torn woolen coat, a copy of the Bible of the Philokalia and nothing else. He had a dislocated shoulder, nobody to fix it. So he was in pain. And in those circumstances, he was radiantly alive and full of the joy of life. The reason I bring that up is to show that this is humanly possible. Of course, you'll immediately come down to say, but I'm not like that. I need this, whatever this is, and I need to have a certain amount of that. I need to know that my friends and relatives are well and not suffering and all the rest of that. I grant you that. But understand that, The world is beyond our control and whether you like it or not, stuff happens. And when stuff happens, you can either resist what is, and in that case, you will become tremendously psychologically sick, or you can accept the fact that this is not what I wanted to have happen, but nevertheless, it did happen. I am going to try my level best to change things around and it's incumbent upon you to do that. But as you're trying your level best to change things around, you will do it from the space of complete acceptance and radiantly alive. And that is possible. And the story I just told you about the pilgrim shows you what is our potential. It's a potential every one of us has. So, yes, stuff will happen You cannot resist it because in the process of resisting it, you can make yourself very, very, very sick. So this is the time to practice what I call radical acceptance. Whatever is put in front of you, accept it gratefully. Embrace it. From that position of embracing it, you then go around to try to change it, but change it from the emotional space of acceptance and gratitude. This is not easy, vision. I will readily grant you that it's not easy. But if you look at examples of people who have done it, the pilgrim is one example. Another example is an Indian sage like Ramana Maharshi. And the only thing he owned was his line cloth. And a, in Sanskrit, we call it kamandalu or water pot, And that's the only thing he owned. And he lived on a mountain and, you know, didn't even know what we consider necessary luxuries. There are people like that who serve as beacons. They are ideals. We may or may not reach the ideal, but knowing that this is possible is highly liberating in a time like this. So to summarize, there are two levels. Level number one, the vast majority of us are not going to face the kind of deprivations that we have created in our imaginary scenarios, and then we live in what we have created and experience it as such. Mental chatter is fake news. A small percentage of us might find that some parts of our scenario do come alive. We might lose our job. We might be foreclosed out of our home. We might have loved ones become very seriously sick and perhaps even die. And in those cases, we will do what is appropriate to alleviate the sufferings of those affected. But we will recognize that even in the most dire circumstances, it is possible for us to be radiantly alive, have a life of deep meaning and purpose. And that is not dependent on external circumstances. So in a sense, people who are so affected, it's like being thrown in the swimming pool you either learn to keep yourself afloat and swim in a fashion very fast or you drown you can see any members drown
1: you mentioned the concept of being radiantly alive in the midst of suffering right in the midst of abject poverty such as the saints that you mentioned but what does radiantly alive mean to you
0: radiantly alive means that you have a very 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 deep feeling of well-being it permeates every cell of your body you feel Terrific! I must tell you that being radiantly alive is independent of physical well-being. It is possible for you to be suffering from the flu. It is possible for you to be running a fever. And in the midst of that, you can still be radiantly alive because you're not identifying with the things that are wrong with your body. This is the important point, vision. This is so important, I'm going to stress it. Your awareness is like a flashlight. What does a flashlight do? A flashlight illuminates whatever you shine it on. You have a flashlight, you shine it on your computer, it illuminates the computer. You shine it on the floor, it lights up the floor. Most of the time, we are in the habit of shining our flashlight on the things that are wrong in our lives, more precisely the things that we have defined as wrong in our life change that around. Shine your flashlight on the joy of being alive, on the wonders of the universe. And if you can consistently shine your flashlight on that, you'll find that you deal with whatever is quote, wrong, unquote, in your life, but you will do it from the space of being radiantly alive.
1: That's beautiful. And you know what I like about that? One of the things that I've been doing lately is I've been practicing gratitude Every morning when I wake up, I think of uh, three to nine things I'm grateful for in my personal life, in my work life, and about myself. And before going to bed, I ask myself a similar question. I ask myself, what was the magic I witnessed today? What I mean by the magic I witnessed today is any sign from the universe, from a benevolent universe, to use your phrase, where there's magic in the air, where things went beautifully, amazingly well, or my children did something remarkable, or I read something remarkable, or I had a remarkable conversation with a wise person like you that sparked ideas in me. So I asked myself, what magic did I witness today? And then I once again repeat gratitude. And I found that it's really helped put me in this state where I just feel really, really, really good despite the circumstances. I mean, if I went back three months before, And I knew that this was coming, that my office would be shut down, that revenues would be down, that my entire event division would be essentially collapsed for the next nine months. We've had to cancel events and I'm facing massive bills right now, cancellation fees, right? But we can't put on these events. I have people I've employed and I'm trying to keep them employed, but we have no event division. If I had known all of this three months ago, I'd be panicking, but actually being in the midst of it, It's surprising. I feel so good and better than I did before this whole situation. So there's definitely something there. But I wonder how can this thought process be easier for more people to find? Because while I feel I feel blessed right now, there are people out there that are filing for unemployment. There are people who are losing their jobs. Today I found out that one of my dear friends and the Mind Valley author, I can't share his name yet. But he was diagnosed with COVID. And of course, I'm a little bit nervous for him. So, you know, with that type of thing happening, what advice can we take? What can we do if we're in the midst of that type of chaos?
0: Certainly, I can help with that vision. As I said, it goes down to what I just shared with you. Your awareness is like a flashlight and you have the ability to direct it at whatever you want to direct it. Remember that. Because if you shine your flashlight on, I just lost my job. I have an unemployment coming in. Unemployment is only going to last for a certain amount of time. What am I going to do after that? I may be thrown out of my house. Will I have enough to eat? What about my family? What about my wife, my children? How are they going to survive? This is mental chatter that is taking over your life. You have the ability, it is not easy, but it is possible for you to not shine the light of your awareness on this, but shine the light of your awareness on, I am still reasonably healthy, I have some weeks of unemployment, I'm going to use this opportunity to do what I can to whatever is necessary, generate additional income, get some measure of certitude in terms of income for my wife. I may succeed. I may not succeed, but I'm going to try my level best, but I'm going to do it from the space of being radiantly alive. It is not easy. I grant you that, but you know, this is like in a time of war, all of a sudden you have to step up to a need and you're capable of doing things you never would have otherwise. Be aware of the fact that your awareness is a flashlight. Refuse to shine it on things that take you into despair. Constantly, consciously, deliberately shine it on the things that are working, the things that give you hope. That's what you did, Vishen, and you did it, I guess, unconsciously. Are you curious to know why I started working with you, Vishen? Why? Well, it was either the first or the second meeting I had when you raised something which I thought was so fantastic. You said you wanted to reach a billion people, and you wanted to reach a billion people with programs that essentially in one way or the other raise their level of consciousness. And for many decades, I firmly believe that the only way we're gonna get out of the mess that we as a species have created is for a large number of people to reach a higher level of consciousness. I never put it in words. I never thought about a billion people. But the moment you mentioned that, that struck me as a big, hairy, audacious goal. And while I know that that is not something that I am going out for, I consider it a privilege to support anyone who's actively on such a path.
1: Thank you, Srikuman. I'm happy to hear that.
0: In times of turbulence like this, there are so many people who step out of their shell to serve a broader purpose. In New York alone, more than several thousand retired medical professionals, doctors, nurses, paramedics have come back to help.
1: Wow! I've always believed that when we are faced with a crisis situation, one of the best ways to get out of it is to go forth and serve. Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the famous "Conversation with God" book series, and a fellow author on Mind Valley, just like you, he was speaking at Mind Valley University. And he was asked, what do I do in those moments when I feel you know, depressed and stressed out and fearful? And he said, well, in those moments, remember, your life is not about you. Rather, your life is about the lives of everyone you touch. I'm paraphrasing, of course. He said, go out and serve the world. When you walk into a room, walk in with the intention to heal the room. And I think it's so cool. That quote is so apt for all of those retired medical professionals who are going out there to serve. What I found with my company is to get people's mind off the chaos, to get people's mind off the idea that you know we're going into a very turbulent time, I asked everyone in my team to put in 110%. I promised, firstly, that everyone's jobs are going to be safe. We're going to do everything we can to keep everybody employed. Even though our event division just got knocked out, we're taking everyone there, retraining them, and putting them in different roles. So after I get my employee based at safety, the next thing I said is, I want you to put in 100% for the next three months. But I actually want you to put in an extra 10% to serve our community. And so what's happening right now is my team is recording and producing so much content that we are getting out free to help people in need, to help parents who are at home with their children, to help people who need a home workout, to help in any way we can. And it's kind of cool because when you're thinking like that, you stop worrying about the circumstances you're in because you have a greater purpose to serve.
0: Very, very, very true, Vishen. And I know what you're saying is true because in another two hours, I have another interview with a Mind Valley team, who want to record some exercises I have that could help both the Mind Valley team and the broader Mind Valley community. Oh, that's and so that's funny!
1: My team reached out to you to ask you to record content for our community. That's awesome. Absolutely, that's great. So, let's recap what you've said so yeah. far. So, the first thing is. Your awareness is like a flashlight. Focus and shine the light on what makes you feel radiantly alive.
0: Don't shine it on what you think are the problems in your life. Very often what you think are problems in your life are merely circumstances that help you grow.
1: What is the second key idea that you want us to keep in mind?
0: Mental chatter is fake news. Mental chatter is fake news. We create scenarios in our heads of all the terrible things that can happen, and having created it, we then live in it. We are creating the matrix that we live in. Don't do that. That's true of the overwhelming majority. In a tiny minority, it turns out that your worst scenario does come true. You may lose your job. People close to you may fall ill but then you have to go a level deeper because then you're talking about oh my god this is so terrible my life is ended i'm never going to recover from that and the short answer is no it's not true and even if some of the external circumstances change your ability to maintain a radiantly alive life is not impaired and i gave the example of the pilgrim simply to show that this is human potential. The pilgrim is all of us or can be if we let go of our notion that the world has to be a particular way for us to feel good. That's a big myth. You have no control over it. So stop resisting what the world presents to you. Yes, you will try your level best to change it, but you have zero control. You think you have control, but you don't. Something unexpected has happened many times in your life and it will happen again. When that happens, just recognize and accept it. Don't just accept it, embrace it. That will take you to an emotional domain of joy and being radiantly alive and from that domain you then go out and make the changes that you would like to have happen again you may succeed you may not succeed but the interesting thing is your learning and growth will happen not because you succeed but from the sincere effort that you put in this is one thing i really would like to share with the mind valley community vision the mistake we make in setting a goal for ourselves and trying our level best to achieve the goal, we think that we do it in order to achieve the goal. And that's the benefit. Wrong. The benefit of setting a goal and trying our level best to achieve that goal is the learning and growth that happen in us and to us as we try our level best to achieve the goal. If we actually achieve the goal, that's a bonus. Fantastic. If you don't achieve the goal, the learning and growth have happened already, so we're ahead of the game. It's a no-lose scenario. That's why I say invest in the process. Do not invest in the outcome. The outcome is beyond your control. Always has been, always will be.
1: There's some deep meaning in there. What you're really saying is set goals, but don't get attached to your goals. Correct. Right? Be radiantly alive as you're pursuing them.
0: Yes. Yes. Pour all of your emotional energy into the actions you have to undertake in order to meet your goal.
1: It reminds me of this quote from a book called Quantum Success. The author says, calls it the paradox of intention. Set goals, she says, but don't get attached to your goals. You must be happy before you attain them.
0: Yes. In fact, you're far more likely to attain the goals if you approach those goals from a place of I'm radiantly fulfilled and alive. So in
1: a scenario like that, right, where, look, I bet a lot of people before they went through this had goals, right? They were careers they were looking at. They had goals for trips, for travel. All of a sudden, all of these goals are being crushed. And now you're in a situation where you're forced to stay at home and your freedom is grossly restricted and there's sphere of disease and a looming recession. In this scenario, what should we be pointing our minds to? I'm not talking about the flashlight metaphor, which is present reality, which is gratitude, gratefulness, appreciation. I mean, what type of goals should we be setting?
0: What I would recommend in a time like this is think, what is it that I can contribute to make persons in my circle feel better about their circumstances, their situation, and about life in general. I'm going to focus in concentric circles. First circle would be persons immediately around me, my family, persons I'm close to, my colleagues at work, and so on. And then broader humanity. What Mm -hmm. is it that I can contribute which will leave them better off, and not just physically better off, psychologically, which I think in many ways is more important. How can they feel more upbeat? I just conducted a webinar for alumni of my community, and I received a whole bunch of emails after that telling them how much it had helped them and how much they appreciated that support at a time like this. Many of my coaching clients are in grave difficulty. Some have already lost their businesses. Others, it might happen. And many of them have canceled their coaching contracts, and that's fine. But I'm going to continue to coach them anyway because I'm not going to let go of them at a time like this. What is it you can do to help persons and use concentric circles?
1: That's easy for you and me because we have an audience, right? We can always serve this audience. What about the common person? What about the waiter who's just been laid off because the restaurant is closed down? What
0: about the people working for airlines which are grounding their planes? What can they do? Even for them, the size of the audience is not what matters, Vision, Because when you're thinking about the size of the audience and what impact I'm going to have, you're talking about the outcome. Even if it's just one person, even if it's your wife or husband, your partner, your children, you have to be an anchor at a time like this. You have to be the pillar on which they can lean.
1: I see what you mean. Even if it's one person, if it's yes. one person that you can help, you know, that reminds me of something very strange that I've noticed lately. I I've always shop at the same grocery store. I've been shopping there since 2012. It's this huge, huge space, huge supermarket, upscale supermarket near my apartment. And lately, while we're in the quarantine, we're only allowed to go out to buy groceries, right? But I notice everyone is so kind. Everyone is so gentle, is so nice. People who normally, security guards, the checkout counter, who normally are so busy and stressed out, and everyone is just so friendly. It's just really interesting to see. There's this niceness addiction that seems yes. to be everywhere right now, and maybe people are feeling it.
0: Exactly correct, Vishen. Here is something else I want to share with members of the Mind Valley community. We are always emitting vibrations on a subtle level which are picked up by people. I'm sure every single person listening to this podcast has come across someone who's so anxious, so nervous, so on edge, that being in that person's presence sets you off. Radiate calm. When you radiate calm, when you are a pillar solidly grounded, that also is picked up. And you calm nervous people just a bit. And that itself is your contribution. And especially when you are a head of a household or a co-head of a household, there are children, there are elderly parents, people like that. When you are a pillar of calm, that communicates itself. And just by being anchored in that stillness, you're helping the people in your life. So don't get hung up on, you know, Sri Kumar has an audience, vision has an audience, they reach the thousands or tens of thousands. Don't get hung up on that, because that is an outcome. That is focusing on an outcome rather than on the process. Just be who you are. Ramakrishna said it beautifully, vision. He said, the purpose of the flower is to bloom, and when the flower blooms, the bee will find it. Your amazing. job is not to start thinking about, I've got to hunt down bees because I have nectar. Your job is to bloom. And when you bloom, the bees will find you.
1: Love it. When you bloom, the bees will find you. I love that. That's awesome. Awesome. So Shri Kumar, those were some amazing conversations and words. As we come to the end of this conversation, what would be some closing messages from you to the audience?
0: Mental chatter is fake news. Don't create your world with the mental chatter and don't live in it. Shine the flashlight of your awareness on what it is that you can do to help others. Don't shine it on what you have defined as problems. Invest in the process. Do not invest in the outcome. You will be twice blessed over. And in times of turbulence like this, remember the pilgrim. He shows you what human potential is all about. Yes, you may be distance away, but the knowledge that this is possible will be of great help and succor to you.
1: Thank you so much, Sri Kumar. That was an amazing conversation. If you guys enjoyed this and found this to be helping, soothing in any way during this time, please leave us a review. And in the review, mention Shri Kumar Rao. I know Sri Kumar would be grateful to see your kind words of affirmation. And don't forget to tell people about this podcast. It's the Mind Valley podcast. And I also want you to know that we've launched a second service to help all of you who are stuck at home. There's a new podcast by Mind Valley called Superhumans at Work. And we're doing a special feature all on bringing you the best talent, the best minds to help you adjust to working from home, because you know, we don't know how long we're going to be stuck. And there are certain techniques, tips, productivity hacks, software, tools, mindsets that you can adopt immediately that would up-level your ability to perform at your best, even though you might be disconnected from your team or not being able to access your office. Thank you so much, Rika Marau. I mean, many people listening have heard me mention you many times. You're a popular guest here on Mind Valley. And your program on Mind Valley is actually one of our highest rated programs. So for all of you guys listening, if you are interested in, you know, going deeper with some of Sri Kumar's ideas, know that he's a great mentor to me, but Sri Kumar has a practice where he coaches entrepreneurs to bring the spiritual aspects within them into their business so they can do exceedingly well. And he loves working with people who have a mission to heal the world, to improve the world, to build products or services that can make a dent in humanity. Ra was talking to me and he said that one of the things that he noticed about the great spiritual teachers of the past is that their disciples were often magnificently successful. The spiritual teachers themselves were not of concern to material wealth or business success, but their students, their disciples were. And if you look at some of the people in the world today, you will notice this trend. I'm sure you've read the story of Steve Jobs and how he made a pilgrimage to India and how he advised Mark Zuckerberg to do the same thing. I'm sure you've heard about Ray Dalio, the hedge fund manager, who speaks about his meditation practice. So there are many truly amazing people out there who have taken this out of spirituality and expanded it into their work. Rao, Teachers and coaches. This. So, if any of you are entrepreneurs or playing an important role in the world and you want to magnify your impact, definitely check out Sri Kumar Rao. And Sri Kumar, is it okay if we just give people your email if they want to email? Absolutely, you? yes. So, it is Sri Kumar S Rao, that's S R I K U M A R S Rao at gmail.com. Okay. And firstly, Sri Kumar, it's very generous that you give your email. but, uh, you're going to get several hundred emails. I'm sure you'll be able to handle it. Yes. And then check out Srikumar's website. Srikumar, what is your website address?
0: www.therowinstitute.com
1: www.therowinstitute.com So thank you so much. So if you enjoyed this podcast, tune in next week for our next episode, And also get an iTunes or whatever is your podcast app and subscribe to Superhumans at Work by Mind Valley. I repeat that is Superhumans at Work by Mind Valley. Thank you all, and I will see you next week. And thank you, Sri Rao.
0: My pleasure, Vision. Have a terrific day despite where we are.
1: I'm Vision Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.
0: If you want more joy and fulfillment in your life, this is probably the single thing you need to understand. Your life is not real, it is a construct. I call Sri Kumar my personal Yoda
1: because he always pops up in my life with these incredible ideas, this incredible wisdom.
0: I am a professor, author, consultant and TED speaker. Rao is so influential that in his classes in Colombia, in
1: London Business School, there is a line to get in.
0: So one day I came up with my bright idea which is why don't I take the teachings of the world's great masters, strip them of religious, cultural and other connotations and adapt them so that they're acceptable to intelligent people in a post-industrial society.
1: Rao says that the big thing that America's universities have to start teaching people is that their life is not about their business.
0: The only thing that you'll ever do in life is work on yourself. The fact that you have a massive
1: company or that you have a fancy title or a good job, that's nothing more than a
0: vehicle for your personal growth. They're tools given to you so that you can work on yourself. This masterclass is designed
1: to make you rethink how you view your business, how you view your career, and instead to make you
0: understand that there's so much more to who you are. Because as you change the models you use to view the world, you become a different person, and the universe behaves differently, it reacts differently. If
1: you like the Mind Valley podcast,